Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Now, if you didn't already know, this show is brought to you by the one and only Rundy's Undies Athletic Underwear. I'm a massive fan of these guys because my undies drawer is filled with their products. They're the comfiest, not only running undies, I wear them just all around the place now. They're the comfiest undies going around. So if you haven't checked them out, I know Craig Smith has. He messaged me the other day to say, mate, I got my order, taking them for a test run this afternoon. Go to rundies.com.au. They've got jocks and briefs and crop tops. Ladies, I tell you, every week, if you haven't already checked them out, little G-Bang is there as well. So if that's what you're most comfortable running in, you're going to get a discount of 20% using the coupon code SMOOTH21. That's S-M-O-O-T-H-2-1 if you head over to rundies.com.au. As I always tell you, if you're not happy, I'm going to give you a 12-month free membership on the Relaxed Running Podcast, but you're going to be happy. That's why I'm so confident to give you that offer. Today on the show, we have Australian 1,500-metre champ and all-round good bloke, Jai Edwards. I watched him win his 1,500-metre national title over Stuart McSwain the other day, and I reached out to him immediately after to say, mate, we got to talk. The run was done in style. I'm going to play to you the last 15 seconds of the race in just a moment, so you get a little bit of a feel for it if you haven't already seen it. But the guy was not a favourite to win a race. He ran one of the ballsiest runs you've seen. He sat on Stewie's shoulder the whole way, despite the fact Stewie went through in 152.5 through 800, which is just a insane effort and super uh you know super impressive by stewie as well uh i wanted to pick jai's brain on his training and strength and recovery and how he's got through his injuries and what he's up to in the next couple of months it was a really good conversation with a really good bloke um i recorded a bonus video which is now on the elite insight video library on the relaxed running membership so if you haven't already checked that out get a free day a three-day free trial by going to relaxrunning.com slash distance members. Hey, jump on board, see if you like it. There's a whole heap of training programs, there's a whole heap of videos, and you can also get access to the membership forum. So if you're not already there, make sure you jump on over. But guys, let me get out of your way as I introduce to you first-timer on the Relax Running Podcast and national 1,500-meter champ, Jai Edwards. But they're into the home straight. Jai Edwards wants to come wide. He's up to the shoulder of Stuart McSwain. Edwards is in the lead. He goes past the Australian record holder. This is going to be huge. Only 10 metres to go for Edwards. And he gets a qualifier. 3.33.99. McSwain second. Hunter in third place. But you get the title. You get the Olympic qualifier. You get a meet record. That's the fastest Australian title for 1,500 metres. 3.33.99. Mate, you look like you got good uh, a good Wi-Fi service coming through there. You're coming through crystal clear. It's good. Oh, good, yeah, good. yeah, really good, okay. man. Where where are you, bro? Are you in Melbourne or where are you based? I'm Canberra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh of course, yeah. Team Telford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Canberra. I've been here since um started 2017. So. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm not. You don't know. You don't know Kale Simons, do you? Uh I know the name. So he used to train with Telford when Lisa Corrigan was running around. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you know. You probably know Lisa. I'm not sure if she's still in Canberra or yeah. she's still sort of in the yeah. area, is she? Yeah, right. Yeah, is that is that mate of yours or? 
Uh, yeah, he is. He is. Okay. He, was a, he was a pretty good runner, man. Like back, then, I reckon he probably ran around. I think he ran eight oh three. He ran about three forty three. So he was he was going really good, but he just wasn't wasn't super committed. He was a bit of a loose unit. So he's actually living in Belgium <laughs> at the moment. He's met a met a girl over there, so he hasn't been back. But bro, you know what? Wait, I've I've already hit record. Do you want to? Do, should we jump straight into it, man? Because so often yeah, I'll yeah. um yeah I'll hit record and uh, and and the juicy stuff starts coming out before we uh, before we even officially get into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome, bro. I was thinking, mate, does does like about an hour work for you? Oh, as long as you want, mate. I'm 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 done for the day. So uh, awesome, brother. No, that sounds yeah. good. I'm so glad. I was uh, I was meant to send you a message the other day because sometimes I uh, do the face to face Skype conversations and uh, whoever I'm talking to is on their phone and they'll just yeah. be holding it with their hand. So the whole conversation is just like a wonky arm. So it's so nice to see a stable camera as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome, Absolutely. man. What's going on up in Canberra at the moment? Anyway, you uh, you finished the the long run or whatever you had on the schedule for this morning, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So we're out at um, we just run from Stromlo most Sundays. Um, just sort of meet out there, and you know, there's a few different loops that we we do. For the um, of late for me, I've I've only been running. I don't think I've run more than sixteen k in I don't know six months. Like I just haven't really done a proper long run, but it seems to work for me. Um. So yeah, I only did about you know sixteen, seventeen k this morning, and, and that's probably about as as long as it'll get at least you know during track season. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a good group out there this morning. It's starting to get quite fresh here, so um, you know the, I think it was like zero or one degrees this morning. Like it's just, but it's quite quite a nice morning. Like once it sort of heats up a bit and the sun comes out, it's it's quite beautiful. So um, yeah, no, it's that's sort of what's been happening this morning like i got back actually in canberra um friday afternoon so just spent a bit of time back at home on the coast yeah beautiful man what when you say back at home on the coast whereabouts on the coast were you yeah so i grew up in um shell harbour which is about half an hour south of wollongong um and yeah i was actually born in canberra and then i moved there when i was about two and i've done all my growing up there went to school both primary and high school and then um yeah, I I moved here um, straight after high school in 2017 to train with Dick, and um, yeah, the rest is history pretty much. Like that's crazy, man. It's such a good move by you. It's it's crazy. <laughs> like there's a few names on the Australian coaching circuit who just stand out, and Dick's obviously um he's built a bloody good reputation for himself. As I just said to you before we started recording that uh I had a good mate, Kyle Simons, who was a gun, and he moved up to Canberra and started just dropping some massive times in about. <laughs> I want to say like it might have been 2013, 2014, um, and he was training with like Lisa Corrigan, and I feel like every name that he mentioned that was up there was just a just a bit of a gun. Is it still the same yeah. thing, man? Like who's who's rocking with you at the moment? Yeah, so we've got quite a good squad. Like we've had obviously a few come and go, but um, right now at the moment it's um, myself and Rory Hunter who got third um, in the 1500. Who's you know his his comeback's been incredible. Um, I'll talk about that later, but we've also got James Nippers, obviously the steeple champ, um, and there's just a handful of other guys like Josh Johnson, um, Aaron Parker, um, a lot of guys who are sort of up and coming, and yeah, we've got a really good group, um, you know, overall, and, and there's quite a good group of girls there too, which is really awesome. Um, and we've had a few more that have sort of come and gone, like we had Jordan Gusman before he went overseas a few years back, and another guy, Chris Hamer, who's one of the most talented athletes I've ever seen. Mate, he's a freak. He's yeah. a freak. I used to do a bit of running with him down here. And he, really? he I reckon, has the... the. Have you ever run at Fernie Creek in Victoria? 
I haven't, but I've heard many it's bloody, stories. It's bloody hilly, man. Like I, yeah. I can't remember the exact numbers, but he he went out after a race that he was disappointed on. And if you ever get out to to Fernie, it's hilly. It's not where you go to run fast. It's just got the <laughs> no. reputation of being like a all right. This is just tough man. It's tough man territory. Yep. And uh, I think the likes of uh, I want to say like Rob D Costello or. I'm not sure if I've got that right, but there was a, there was a few guns back in the day that sort of built the reputation. And man, uh, Chris Hamer, it must have been ten years ago now. Had a had a shock of a race in his opinion, so he probably ran 28 minutes for 10k. <laughs> and he, <laughs> yeah. he went out there and he he did a three hour. Oh, he he ran 30k's, I think, and uh, he hit stop on his watch, and he was he was running at sub three hour marathon pace. And uh, I remember saying, dude, like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I just, I just wanted to get it out of my system. He's like, I was so tempted just to run the whole marathon just to say that I'd done it. But um, like, whenever I hear that name, that's a story that comes to my mind. I didn't realize he was still rocking, man, but he's, a, he's up there in Canberra with you guys now. Well, yeah, he is. Um, he's not really rocking so much anymore. We haven't seen him for a couple of years, unfortunately. He was sort of here in the early days when I, was, um, when I first started. But I'm so glad you, you know who he is because he's, he's one of the you know, best guys, one of the hardest trainers I've, um, you know, haven't done much with him, but um, having a bit to do with him in the early days was so good. And like you said, like some of the sessions he's done is unbelievable. We've got this in the winter, we do a um, Stromlo hill climb. So Mount Stromlo, we sort of run up the road and um, it's about a 3.6K um, from top to bottom and just like a pretty gradual climb, like kind of gets a bit steep. And a lot of the boys know, like if you're in pretty good shape, when I say pretty good shape, I'd say quite good shape you're running um low 12 minutes and if you're running under 12 you're doing very well and um one day chris hamer did it and he ran it twice and got driven down both times under 12 minutes like oh my god just unbelievable yeah it it doesn't surprise me man yeah it's funny how some people I just have that reputation for for being able to just smack themselves. Like, uh, man, I could be referring to guys who are. I'm 34, so I've got a. You're, what are you? 23. 23. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a good few years on you. I remember 34 <laughs> year olds talking to me when I was 23. I was like, I'm old man. Like, I have no idea who you're talking about. But um, there's another bloke, Ash Watson, who I think he's doing a lot of ultra marathons now. And in my mind, he's a he's a Victorian boy. He used to train with sort of Collis Birmingham's group, and uh, and and Stewie as well. And, uh, man, he always had a reputation for being the kind of bloke he could just whack himself in a training session. And uh, yeah. it, it just – the kind of bloke that just sort of leave your jaw on the floor, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. And I, I don't know Nipper really well, man, but he strikes me as the kind of bloke who uh, who wouldn't go too lightly on himself in a session. He seems to be a uh, – just looking at the last 300 meter of his, uh, metres of his race last weekend, mm-hmm. you can sort of get a bit of an idea of the kind of athlete that he is. He's just got that ability to – to sort of delve into places that a lot of people might be a little bit afraid, a bit afraid to, to go down into. But is he the same kind of same kind of category? Like, is he a pretty hard worker, Nipper? Yeah, absolutely. Nipper's um Nipper's a very hard worker. He he trains hard, and he's one of the guys who, when he runs well, um, it's just so deserved. Like, and I think his greatest asset um, that I've noticed over the years, he's just he's such a good racer, and no matter what, he'll always just throw it all on the line and get everything out of himself in a race like we saw um, on the weekend. And for him, like, you just know that no matter what, like that 3,000-meter steeplechase, he will run to the line with everything he's got and not a meter further. And, you know, he's often put himself in some, like a bit of a bad way after some races, but um, because he's just tried so hard. But, yeah, um, he's done really well. And his biggest thing as well is he's just had so many years of good unbroken training. I think... He was talking the other day and he's just had, I think, 
oh, it was over a year of 100 mile weeks like consistently and um that's that's pretty unbelievable and, and he's had probably eight years or more of you know barely any any injuries or maybe a, a niggle at best but um that sort of training is is why he's like he is and he's yeah he's a great guy to train with and an even better bloke yeah man well i ran my 3k pb at the new south wales 3k champs back in 2010 and oh, i had yeah. the race of my life and i ran i ran about 810 which at the time was an eight second pb and That's mate, huge, like yeah. speaking of a big runner, the Nipper, I don't reckon he would have broken eight at that time. Mm. I don't even know if he would have been the favourite going into that race, but he, he finished that race in about 7.55, just cleaned up the field. And wow. uh, yeah, it is amazing, like so much. I've been out of the sport now for about six years. So to see a bloke like him still rocking strong, it's, a, it's amazing how much sort of strength and durability you can build in your legs just by, by rocking up day after day. So like uh, 10 years is what I remember, but I know he would have been around 10 years before that, putting the hard work as well. But it blows my mind, man, like a year of, what did you say, 100 mile weeks is, uh, is, is a pretty intimidating sort of thing to line up <laughs> against. So yeah, a real good bloke to have in your group. But Mate, I'm, I'm interested to, to tap into so much of, of what you're up to as well at the moment. And um, feel free just to chuck in your two cents worth. I hate real interview chats, man. So it's more just a, it's more just a throw back and forth. But, yeah. mate, you've burst onto the scene a little bit this scene, uh, this year. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, I can't believe I hadn't heard of this guy in 2020. I'd been a little bit distant from the track scene. And then I saw your name pop up a few times in the last couple of months. I thought, holy shit. And then I watched you. Uh, at nationals for a minute it took me a minute to realize who was sitting on stewie and i was commentating the race just in my house and uh and my wife who has no interest in track and field was watching you going who the hell is this bloke because she knew stewie um but to see a bloke like yourself just uh not only hanging on but coming past at the end must be a it must be a sort of surreal feeling to just throw yourself onto a onto a, a a world stage essentially with a with a couple of big performances this year like what's it What's the process been like for you, man? How are you feeling? Because it's a uh, it's a nice feeling once you once you stop just sort of dreaming about where you would like to be and you start running uh, not only alongside but past some of the athletes that are uh, you know that are pumping clearly. Yeah. So no, nah, it's um first of all like it's just been it's been a hectic um, few months really like particularly the last couple. Um, I've had some some very good races obviously like in Melbourne like lucky to get over there down to melbourne had a couple of sort of good races to just have a good hit out um especially box hill was was really good and um yeah nationals was it was a big shock like i it was funny i I ran the heat terribly i tactically i was just pretty bad i got checked heaps of times i sort of ran that race ran we ran 342 i think one of the quickest heats apart from stewie um and yeah just like sort of after that race i just wasn't real confident like it just wasn't a great run um which i haven't been exposed to that sort of running in a long time like it's been more so just you know sort of on from the gun or or relatively strung out so um yeah and then the the national final obviously rolled around and we were pretty sure like coming into it i was about 95 percent sure stewie would would take it out from the gun um just given how how he likes to run and, and given that would probably be his best chance and particularly the way he ran the heat, I thought this is probably how it's going to go. And, um, yeah, 100 metres in, you know, I saw him just, he got a decent start and maybe just starting to go around the bend. He, he just had a slight couple metre gap on the field and that's when I knew I just thought, look, I either got to get on or or sit back. And um, I was kind of surprised that no one else from the squad did. So I thought, well look, I've come here to run quick. It's nationals. It's, you might as well have a crack. And if you 
fall off and so be it. So, yeah, just made the decision to jump on and, you know, I was very lucky. Like, it was all the stars just seemed to align. I guess I was a little bit of breeze around, you know, a bit of wind on the back straight, I think it was, and Stewie would have copped a bit of that. So, you know, if it's, if it's a dead still day, he probably he runs away with it. But, um, yeah, I thought the hardest part's just going to be being there with 150, 200 to go, which I thought if I can get there and, and still be there, I'm a chance. But, um, yeah, just I was just very lucky the way it all played out. And I was just so lucky I've got the confidence of my coach, Dick, to, you know, he, he told me, like, just get on, like you can, you can do it, you can handle that pace. So it's what I did, and um, yeah, it's just how it all went. Really, it was all a bit of a blur, to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah, very lucky to to take that one. That's awesome, man. So yeah, the, before the race, you said you'd anticipated a fairly quick kind of a run, which is funny as well because nationals historically, uh, uh, well, maybe not historically, but you think of a, a, a big final, like whether it's on an Australian scene or an international scene, to be a little bit more tactical. So from a spectator's point of view, I was so pumped to watch Stewie just stick it to the field a little bit. Um, uh, but Dick, before the race, he, he sort of sat you down and just said, what, be ready for, for whatever comes. Like it Because what I was impressed about was once I saw the time and I realised who you were running around, I thought far out, like it's a, it takes a lot of confidence to go through 800 in 152 or 153 or, or whatever it is that you guys were, were running at. So was there, like what was the headspace between the heat and the final? Because you said you weren't overly confident finishing the heat. Um, but mate, you look like the most confident bloke running around uh, and you look very comfortable. I'm interested to talk to you about your, your technique and, and your training and stuff around, around your technique as well. Because the whole way, though I'm sure you were breathing, you look like you were. You had a little bit of algorithm about you. It just didn't seem to phase you the fact that you were uh, pumping at a pretty quick pace. But yeah, what was the headspace between the heat and the final, and how did you switch into uh, to race mode just to be ready to go with that pace? Yeah, so like I was saying, like the heat just wasn't wasn't smooth as I would have liked. Like it was just for me. I, I just didn't run tactically very well. But um, yeah, I just like I, I just would have. I wouldn't say I lost confidence, but I just would have liked it to go a bit smoother than it did. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you reset, you got two days to recover and, and you go again. And I knew that that was um, that was all good. But like I say, the, the final, I was pretty sure it was going to play out um, the way it did. Like it, I wasn't certain, but I was, you know, we were pretty confident. That's kind of how it would be. Um, you know, given Chewy's strength, you'd think that he'd try and string it out. And like I was saying with the the heat running, the way he ran that, it was almost like he was sort of practicing for it. Um, the thing that did surprise me, I thought that, yeah, like one or two of his teammates might have gone on, which I was kind of thinking maybe I'll sit in third or something. But, um, yeah, and when Dick was giving me instructions prior just to say, I want you up in, you know, second and and just hold on, I thought, well, like I don't know about that. I was sort of second-guessing it. And, um, yeah, then, then before I know it, 150 metres in, I just sort of committed and, that was it. I was, I was trying hard not to look at the clock, actually. Like, I just wanted to focus on looking at his back and sort of not letting it get, get too far away. But um, I had a fair idea of how quick it was, but I was just trying hard not to look at the clock. So, you know, just not to not to be aware of how quick it was. But um, like you were saying, it, it's so good because I've just gotten so many messages from people. Like, they loved that race and the way it went and just the guts from Stewie McSwain, who is no doubt the best distance runner I, in my opinion that we've ever seen um, and just how versatile he is over all the distances. Um, and I, I can appreciate that he's still a much better 1500 meter runner than I am. I was just lucky. I was sort of there for the toe, but 
um, to get a sit on a guy who is absolutely world-class and, in my opinion, one of the best in the world. It's um, it's very good. And I think it's just great for Australian distance running in general, middle distance running. Like, I've never seen 1,500-meter running in particular so strong. And mm. we've already got four guys qualified, still two months left, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have half a dozen by the time that's up. So... It's exciting times, that's for sure. It is, man. Actually, just before we uh, hit record, I was having a look through Instagram and I saw Ollie Hoare just posted a another big run. What he'd he'd busted yeah. out about another. I think he ran three thirty three as well yeah. over in over in the states. Was he in Eugene? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, he was at the um, new new stadium there. I saw. Um, and once again, like oh, that's so well deserved. I think from Ollie, he's, he's raced so well this season. He was obviously pumped out that huge three thirty two indoors. Um, so to see him him run you know really well like that again like he's just cleaning up some very elite fields as well mm. so that's that's awesome for for us for australia um and yeah I, again i think it's just so well deserved from coming from him because works hard and um good guy yeah that's awesome man so one of the things i was interested you mentioned it a couple of times now and i was curious about this as well and it's, it's certainly no disrespect because i love blokes like rambo and gregson and uh, Geordie Williams and, and the blokes who finished up behind you guys but uh, it did surprise me a little bit like yourself that not more of them just went with the pace it almost uh, from a spectator's point of view and uh, it's so easy to be an armchair critic man I understand but it looked as though uh, the rest of the field were happy just to go okay well Stewie's going to take the title let's just race ourselves and, and see how we go there do you know have you had a chat to the boys about what everyone was thinking or were they anticipating on, on just running out of steam or yeah what was the story there because it it certainly got me by surprise as well just how much of a gap you boys opened up on the rest of the field even sort of 300 meters in i was like hang on a sec what's everyone <laughs> thinking and by that stage it's too late to really do much about it isn't it? it's like all right well they got yeah. a 20 meter lead <laughs> the race yeah. is against ourselves exactly right like that's why i was just i was so happy i sort of got on and um <clears throat> got behind him straight away but yeah i was a bit surprised like i think stewie really is a cut above the rest everybody um you know on, on the middle of the scene as shown by he's, he's 330 he's got three seconds on on most of us guys but um I think just, yeah, you just got to sort out the mindset, I guess, that everybody's beatable. Like, it was, to go out there, he ran a 340 from the front, looked comfy as a couple of days before. Um, he's done a you know, bit of racing recently, like, obviously took a lot of that lead. He's into the wind a bit, copped a bit of that. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. And, and let's be real, like, he's still run 334 from the front <laughs> in a national final. It's, it's unbelievable. So um, I was a bit surprised, like you said, that his teammates – didn't jump on but i guess the problem for them which is probably hard is they would train with him all the time and probably see how well he trains and just think you know i can't keep up with that i guess so i was probably lucky that i don't know i didn't really have anything to lose and um at the end of the day it, it just panned out perfectly for me which was which was pretty lucky but um yeah yeah it was, it was a bit of a shock really like how it all played out yeah, man. One thing I liked about the race, which I've, I've watched a couple of times, was I was impressed with, you, you look like, even when you crossed the finish line, you didn't look too surprised about the fact you'd won. And I thought, <laughs> I wanted to pick your brains about this a little bit, because you're obviously a bloke who, and, and this comes with, I guess, a, a couple of victories up your sleeve. Like, you've you, you've had a couple of really nice runs this season, which I'm, I'm sure shot the confidence through the roof. But when I saw you run across the race, there was no shock on your face. There was no over-the-top celebration. It was just a nice little fist pump, like, job done, but... Uh, the the vibe I got, and I could be reading too far into it, the vibe I got from watching you come, come across that line was 
um, it, you sort of just looked like you belonged, and it was like, okay, well, it was a step in the right direction, but uh, you look like a man who, it's like a team finishing, I don't know if you watch the AFL, but a team finishing the prelim final with a clean win, and they understand that the job's not done. It's a really good step in the right direction, but the, the goal for you is, is obviously Tokyo, um, all going well. But you look like a man who's confident there could be a little bit more up your sleeve. And I was just interested to, to pick your brain a, a little bit on that. Yeah, so, um, well, it was, a, it was a huge shock. Um, I was saying to a few people, I'd, I almost felt a bit bad about, you know, how it went out, just sitting on him for 1,400 metres and going by. Like, it just didn't feel right. Like, I... Yeah, but what else are you going to do when they're running 152? I, yeah, <laughs> so, I, know, I, know. Yeah, I would not like, feel like, bad I, at I all. I do think, in saying that, like, look, I, I was the one who sort of, I guess, gave myself a shot, and that, that's how Stewie had to run it to try and win. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, I had to get out there and, and have a crack, which was which was really good. Um, but, yeah, like it was, like I said, it kind of felt bad in a way because, I, in my mind, he's the rightful, you know, he deserves to, to win the national title just with how good he is, but... Uh, at the end of the day, you just gotta you gotta race what's in front of you, and um, that's what makes it so tough. But yeah, it was it was a shock. Like I'm not I'm not a big I guess celebrator after races. Um, I don't know, especially I don't want to go gloating in front of Stewie and, and stuff as well because just respect him too much. So um, I was I was over the moon. I couldn't. It didn't even really sink in. Like even though I knew in my head it was a qualifier and and I'd. Um, got that auto nomination. I just, I still didn't really believe it. I guess it, it's pretty like cliche that they say it and doesn't sink in, but it, it really didn't. And I'm, st- I still think it's um, taking its time to, to sink in. But um, yeah, just lucky for me, you know, everything just lined up and fell into place perfectly for, for that, which is where you kind of, kind of want to be peaking in a way domestically. But I do feel like there's more up the sleeve without trying to sound too arrogant. Like I, I feel like. There is more more there if if I can if I can keep training well and and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm I'm confident that I might be able to go a bit quicker, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, get in some good races overseas and and go from there. Yeah, very nice, man. Very nice, dude. I'm keen to uh, pick your brain. I've just put out a post this morning asking uh, any of the relaxed running fans to shoot through some messages, and I've got plenty. They sort of break down into categories, which um, they're categories which are going to be no surprise to you. But um, I was I was interested to to pick your brain uh, about your training and stuff like that. Obviously, you say your Sunday long runs, you're not doing too much more than 17 k's. But are you, are you so obviously 1500 is the main focus for you at the moment. Um, I don't know if you're running eights or anything, but what what kind of training, like what does a week of training look like for you at the moment? How are you balancing sort of your running with strength and conditioning and, and recovery and stuff like that without giving away too many secrets? Because obviously they're working, but uh, I'm really yeah. keen to pick your brain to, to sort of know, you know, what the what the sessions that you're doing look like and um, and how you're sort of uh, managing the body in between all that. Yeah, well, like, like I'm not too secretive about anything I do. Like I'm, I'm on Strava and all that, and you know I, I believe in what I do. A lot of it's just what what Dick tells me. But um, there's just been a lot of trial and error over the last few years, um, and we've had to change a lot of things given you know my injury history over the past sort of four or five years. Um, and yeah, it's just like it's a lot of you know toying around and, and seeing what works, but. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, I've been up at Perisher three times this year, which I think has made a huge difference for me. Um, I was up there for three weeks in January, which, um, I actually got injured up there after a week, just hurt my calf, which was, yeah, it was about two weeks out, but I still stayed up there the whole time, got the benefits of the altitude, just living up there and 
Um, I cross trained really hard in that two weeks. Went down to Jindabyne, was at the gym every day, just you know twice a day doing stuff. So um, worked hard to stay fit, and then we went back up in February, which uh, I did a lot of the altitude training with my training partner Rory Hunter, who he's he's come back this season. As I was saying earlier, he's just been unbelievable. He, he came back from um, uh, an issue with his lower leg, sort of soleus slash Achilles area, um, which he was about to get surgery on at the end of January. And then all of a sudden, sort of early Feb, it just came back and started to feel better. And he um, went from, you know, that to barely running a step to two months later, um, maybe you know, nearly three months later, he's in a national final and comes third and just improved out of sight. So that was inspirational to watch. Um, I've shared, you know, a lot of a lot of time up on the mountain with him. Um, but yeah, like for us, it's... We're pretty standard. We do our, our Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions. Um, and particularly leading the nationals, it was a lot of, I guess, sort of high level aerobic and, and bit of anaerobic work as well. Um, you know, some, some pretty tough sessions in there, but we don't do anything too crazily different. Like our shorter, quicker days are on the, the Tuesday on the track, um, you know, some 400s, 300s, 200s, that sort of thing. Just it mixes and matches a bit. We do some sort of longer threshold, sub-threshold work on the Thursday, maybe might break it up a bit as well. Um, often at Stromlo, which is just as good as it gets out there on the beautiful lush grass. And then Saturday at Stromlo as well, where we'll do um, K reps or, or a variety of, we might do certain reps harder or, you know, build into it, something like that. But yeah, other than that, it's, it hasn't been too, too different from anything. I just, I've just cut the mileage back a bit. Like I'd, uh, during the week, I, I won't run probably more than 10K in, in one hit, but I might break it up and do 10K and then five in the hour or something like that. Um, I often have Fridays completely off or, you know, at least I did for a while just to, to fully refresh. And as I was saying, Sundays hasn't been more than about 10 mile since probably for a long time now. Um, and it's just what seemed to work for me. I'm a bit lower mileage, probably only run, you know, between 100 to 110k a week um you know 120 max but yeah just that sort of lower mileage more quality seems to work for me and and that's just what we've sort of had to play around with over the last couple of years yeah sure so you're saying you've had some injury trouble over the last few years i had no idea that injury had even been a part of your history and i guess that's a problem with a bloke like yourself who just shoots onto the scene i'm playing catch up so um what's been the what's been the story there man have there been a couple of repetitive injuries or you've got a little bit of a variety to work with yeah, yeah, a bit of a variety. So it all started actually like I um I was not a bad junior, like I um I won the under twenty national juniors when I was um what was that? It was the start of twenty seventeen and I started to sort of hit my straps then. That was when I first moved to Canberra and um I'd run three forty one as a eighteen year old. So oh. it was that wasn't bad. I think I ran a four minute point two mile, just sorry, four minute point two um yeah, one mile and um, was just off going sub four there at, at 18, which which would have been great, but just missed out on that, unfortunately. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of just pushed through. I think it was early March, sort of late Feb, early March is when those races happened. And the end of March was nationals. And I started to get a sore Achilles um, around then. And there was about three weeks to go to nationals. I was just, I don't know, I thought I had my best shot at, I guess, getting a title. So I sort of pushed through a bit of pain, just thinking it was a bit of, um, you know, tendonitis, tendinopathy type stuff. Didn't think too much of it. Pushed through, ran the nationals, heat and final of the juniors. 
was lucky enough to win that. And then I did the heat of the, the opens um, a few days later and I just scraped into the final on time. I, I wasn't in a good way and I, I just couldn't walk after that race. And then since then I, um, I was, uh, yeah, just, just struggling with what I thought was some sort of Achilles tendinopathy for about seven months through to the end of the year, November. And it seemed to get a little bit better here and there and go backwards and, I had no idea what was going on. Turned out the whole time I had a partial tear in my Achilles um, in the insertional sort of area down low. And then I had to get surgery in November of 2017. Um, and then, yeah, just since then, I, I probably couldn't run for, I don't know, like a good six to 12 months. Like it was, it was just pretty uncomfortable. Had a lot of bony ache around that area. Um, and then basically right up until... I guess last year, I just, I was barely able to string together maybe, you know, three, four months max. And then I just get injured again. And the worst part was it wasn't anything. Um, it wasn't the same pattern or the same injury. It was everywhere. It was high and low in the legs, left and right. Um, I had stress reactions. I had knee issues. I had hips. I had um, everything. And I, I don't know whether it was sort of that Achilles being a bit achy still. It was, playing a part in, you know, causing a bit of an imbalance maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very rough, you know, three or four months. Um, so frustrating more than anything because I just couldn't – I couldn't – I'd get into some decent shape in that three or four months and then it just all come mm -hmm. crumbling down again and I have to start from scratch. And, um, and then, yeah, you, you start thinking in your head. You, you think, well, you know, is it worth it anymore? Like it's – you know, it's, it's so hard. Like I can't even, you can't even run, you know, train hard without getting, getting injured. So it was pretty brutal, but, um, I sort of fought through that. Luckily I had youth on my side, which I always knew. Um, I don't think for me, like, I don't think quitting was ever an option. Like I just love the sport too much. So, um, just had to be patient, which I've done. And, and I've just been lucky that sort of I've had a pretty good run, um, since sort of, the end of last year, midway through last year. And um, yeah, the rest is history, really. I've just been so lucky that this season has fallen into place so well and the races have gone the way they have. Yeah, that's good, man. It's so nice to see you hitting a, hitting a little bit of uh, uninterrupted training. But have you got any idea about what was causing the trouble for you? Because as I said earlier, like you seem like such <clears> a smooth <throat> mover. You know how you watch some athletes run and you go, okay, well, I can see how there's going to be a few potential issues because they just look awkward and clunky. But you look as though you yeah. just hit a nice rhythm. So it sort of it is surprising to me, um, just as an outsider here, that you've you've struggled a little bit with injury. But yeah, what were the what were the causes? Have you got any sort of more definite answers that have, have led to some of the uh, the breakdowns? Yeah, in terms of um, the Achilles or like all the other ones. Man, just all of the above. I was all I was just curious to know if there was a, sort of a standout factor or um, you know whether just the the reduction in the load that you were putting on your body has been has been the real breakthrough for you. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because I'll start off with the Achilles. Like that sort of happened. I've got quite a because I've got a high arch. My um my calcaneus bone sort of like is tilted up, and the kind of the top corner of it was quite sharp. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at it from the side, and that was kind of pushing into my Achilles tendon from the inside, and I think that was kind of a cause to um to sort of like as I guess assist in tearing. Um, the Achilles that was how that first started and then yeah from then like I don't know like I I, I think that 
because I had such a, a bony ache in my calcaneus for so long, um, I think that I was, cause I was still running on it and I was just uh, probably at, you know, only 80, 85%, um, trying to, trying to train on it and stuff. And I think maybe just that might've caused an imbalance cause I'm just not running properly. And I think that, you know, threw out a lot of things for me. Um, but yeah, like I think it's been interesting since then, like we've been trying to work out different things, um, especially like when I strained my calf earlier this year, <coughs> excuse me, um, yeah, when I strained my calf, we we're trying to figure out what the go behind that was. And um, yeah, I, 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 we still don't really know, like I, maybe my biomechanics, like Dick, my coach thought my um, foot might've been doing a weird slipping thing as I'm running around the bend and um, there's been a couple of sort of theories about different things and I'm still not really, really hundred percent sure, but, um, yeah, I, I guess we've played around with a lot and I've just, I've, you know, wear different shoes now, wear the big thick hockers, just the biggest <laughs> clompers I could get, um, <laughs> like just thicker shoes as possible. I wear those for all my runs. Um, and the beauty of the shoe technology these days, like your next percents and your dragonflies and all that is just how much better you pull up. Like I had, I bought a pair, pair of next percents recently a couple of months ago and they're pretty much all I train in now because I just, not only do you feel so good in them, but I just recover and pull up so much better than normal flats. Mm. So um, being a big toe runner, that, that really helps. So just a few different things like that. Um, yeah, playing around with the mileage a bit, I've lowered that a little bit and it seemed to be going better. Of course, there's still different things. Like I, I had a couple of knee issues um, 2018 and 2019 like patellofemoral and I think that just comes from weaknesses and um, tightness around the sort of hips and quads and hemis area so again that's just sort of whether that was because of the Achilles or not I don't know I don't think it was I think that was just general sort of injury stuff where if you got weaknesses that's that's what tends to happen so mm. um, yeah for me it's just been a, a multitude of things but it's good to finally have sort of some pretty unbroken training and not not quite there yet but but getting closer i think every every day with um you know finding what's right for me and, and what works yeah awesome man and who are you seeing like have you got an exercise physiologist that you go to and get all of this stuff uh, organized by because i know we've had a, a bloke on here a bloke called john quinn who i'm not sure if you know who he is but he's a, a really highly regarded exercise physiologist and um, just an all-round great bloke who he, he deals with like a lot of muscular imbalances and stuff as well but have you got someone that you're already uh that you're already lined up with that's that's keeping you in shape yeah i've seen like i've seen a lot of people over the years actually um there's probably i'd say three major ones which is um i see a guy called pete garbett from enhanced healthcare here in canberra he's he's like a Cairo sort of guy but he's done a lot for me like i think some stuff was a bit out of line i was also doing some um like some biomechanics testing running and we found that yeah, one of my feet, uh, particularly, I think it was my right, was just like when it was landing, it was kind of like just too far out to the side, and we thought that might have been contributing to the calf strains that I've had. Um, and we've just, you know, tried to fix that. He's he's done a lot, which has it's helped quite a bit. It's straightened up a fair bit. Um, so, like we say, it's it's hard to get your running biomechanics perfect, but if you can sort of I guess fix it a little bit and, and try and help it as much as possible. That that definitely helps. So he's been a huge, huge help for me. Um, and I've also seen Craig Purdom, who used to be the head physio of the AIS. He's um, I've seen him for a couple of years now. He's 
Uh, he's incredible. He's he's so good. I couldn't speak highly enough of him. Um, and I also have a sports doc who is to see back home um, on the coast in Wollongong who he looks after the Socceroos. His name's Mark Jones. He's um, seen me quite a bit over the last few years and he's helped me out with a lot of things. So got quite a few guys there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so lucky who to you know see such good good um, sports docs and stuff here in Canberra because they've just helped me so much over the years. And um, for my sake, I hope I don't have to see them too much more because I've seen plenty of them over the last four years. <laughs> yeah, can imagine, man. Um, yeah. Dude, I heard you mention both the Hawkers and the Next Percent, but I was surprised. Has, uh, has any brand locked you down yet, or, or what's the <laughs> what's the go there? You've you've obviously you've surely got a couple of sponsors knocking at your door. Yeah, I've, I've had a little bit of interest, like nothing nothing concrete yet, um, and nothing really, you know, worth like talking about really. Like I've had a couple of people like. I guess show a bit of interest, but yeah, nothing, nothing yet. Um, I did, I did sign with Sacconi back in 2017 as a junior briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately I couldn't do any racing for him because I was, I was injured. So I signed at the time when I was going okay. And then was injured shortly after and, and which lasted the whole year, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, apart from that, nothing yet, which, you know, hopefully it comes along, but, um, yeah, you also got to, you know, Pick what's best for you, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I was, I was actually. You mentioned Jordy Guzman earlier in the chat, and I was doing a little bit of running because he lived. <laughs> I, I've just recently moved uh, down to sort of the the seaside here in in Victoria. I'm living in a place called Queenscliff, but oh, until nice. recently, I was in Hawthorne. And before Jordy moved back to uh, America, he was about 300 meters from my door. So we spent a little oh, really? bit of time catching up, and uh, I was really interested talking to him because he was saying, "He's like, dude, the the." And I could be. I am paraphrasing here, but it was, we were essentially saying that uh, the for track and field, you, you run. You're the top uh, runner in Australia. Um, if you're the top footballer in the AFL, it's amazing the amount of money that they start throwing at you with with brands and with sponsorship, and obviously the exposure and all that. The advertising's a little bit easier through it, but it is. It's frustrating for for runners because in almost any other sport, you know, you're topping your you're the top. Uh, performer in your country and there's, there's some real big paychecks coming through but i think he went over there because i think he's officially running for malta mm. now if i've got that country right and i think they were they were looking after him just to to run for them rather than uh and i've also got a feeling that he signed an american contract with adidas because uh, i think the the sponsorship money is a little bit more impressive over there like guys like drew hunter i think's on a pretty good deal with Adidas, but I don't know. As Australian athletes, have you got the opportunity to, to sort of deal with American agents and try and get signed over there? Because uh, I don't know how it works exactly, but it just in terms of a, a financial strategy, it seems like a better move than just signing mm. with someone here in Australia who are willing to give you twenty five bucks for a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. A hundred dollar fuel voucher or something. Yeah, um, yeah it's well, it's a good point because. I think um, like the US, they've just got it all over us in terms of you know money and, and what they do with the sport. Um, a great example is Jessica Hull, who I'm good friends with. She obviously she's with Nike US, and um, yeah, uh, she would not be getting like what she gets with them. She would not be getting here mm-hmm. in Australia. I, I don't think so. Which you know is obviously so well deserved what she gets. Um, and yeah, it, it's hard, but it's. Like you were saying before, like the top footballs and stuff and, and what they get off. I'll use the, the Stewie example again because I've heard a couple of figures come out. I've no idea if they're true, but, you know, what, what he's had contract-wise. And he's seriously, like, the best, 
probably the best runner we've ever had. Like as far as sporting goes, he's he's one of the best in the world. It's an individual sport. It's not even a team sport. Like it's, you know, I think I just feel like he's so far ahead of. I think he's the best sportsman in the country, just about like, you know, up there anyway. And um, and probably being a bit biased, but he. No, I've got just, you back there, brother. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe we're both biased, but I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna second so. that statement. And it's just like I don't know, like I just, I just, you just feel like he, he should be looked after the rest of his life, just about like, you know, I, I don't know, I just feel like he should be getting a lot more than he does. I don't know exactly what he gets, but I feel like it wouldn't be. Um, you know what he's worth anyway so um it is hard because yeah like like i was saying the u.s just has it all over us and um that's why we see a lot of people go over there like your ollie Hawes and, and jess and charlie hunter and all that that's why they go over there it's kind of the, the risk you run i guess but it's obviously paid off and um yeah it, it, it's tough because it's a, it's a brutal sport and um yeah you don't don't always make it i guess so you just got to do what you can yeah, man, it's funny. I um, because Stewie's such a bloody good bloke. I mm. I uh, ran with him up with his junior coach was Rod Griffin, who was my coach as well here in Victoria. Oh. And he was about fourteen when we were running together. And <clears throat> all through uh, all through his career, I feel like he hasn't changed. Like when he was a fourteen year old kid, he was a lovely bloke, really good guy, <laughs> humble, just got the job done. Went about yeah. like there was no there was no sort of hey look at look at how good I am. But at that stage, there was no need for it because he wasn't a real standout. Yeah, <laughs> but then yeah. when he hit about like even recently, like he's as you say, he's one of the best athletes in the country. Mm. And and uh, there's still no, it, you just get the vibe. He's still doing his teaching degree. He's just a good bloke. Yep. It's like that running doesn't seem to, to hold too much uh, headspace for him. He's not based on how uh, how valuable Stuart McSwain is, just based yeah. on how fast he's running. But, dude, I, with all that said, I want to send him a couple of uh, Conor McGregor videos and just start saying, mate, just start before the start. Like, just put out a tweet just saying you're going to beat the shit out of Jai if he beats you this week. <laughs> just yeah. to get a little bit of attention. Oh. And uh, But it's a, it's a funny one, man. It's just, uh, it's just it used to frustrate me as well because I would watch a Mottram. And uh, I reckon, I'm not sure, but I would love to be able to ask him how much he made the year he beat Bikili when he was rocking around with a blonde mullet. Because yeah, there yeah. was something about a blonde mullet who the, the news outlets were just so stoked to get on board with. And uh, even, mate, your, your mate, Geordie, I've been appreciating oh. what he's getting up to on, uh, on Instagram lately. I've noticed a real change in not only appearance, but in Instagram posts. He's got the, he's got the rings. He's gone the rock and roll look. He's, he's yeah. gone the rock and roll athlete. I thought, you know what? Um, regardless of what you say, marketability, I like, <laughs> I like yeah. where you're coming from. Or everyone yeah. just needs to get real pretty and ask Jen Gregson to give him a few tips because she's got an Instagram following which is pretty impressive and I'm sure she'd be doing better than a lot of top athletes just based on uh, just based on her ability to get some attention to her Instagram page. Yeah, that's it. Like you said, like you know, a lot of these people are marketable and, and it's it's great for the sport. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting comment, like you know about Jordan. He's um, he's gone definitely a bit of a different avenue, but you know if, if, if it works and it works. <laughs> So it suits him to a T as well, I reckon, because he's a and these are like he's what's his um his Instagram handle. I was laughing the other day because it's like misfit, rock and roller, loser, and uh, I was like, oh bro, I love your style, but I've I've sort of had enough conversation with him now to know that he um like it does it uh, for whatever reason like his Instagram page. I just feel like suits his personality to a T. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Like I knew him pretty well. He was you know always sort of a, a funny character here and. And said some very funny things. Um, you know, some, a lot of it I just wouldn't wouldn't repeat. But um, yeah, he's just that type of character, and he's just coming into his own. I guess you know, it's it's not uh it's it's not quite the the norm as as you'd say, but it's 
he's, he's been his own guy and, and fair enough I think a lot of the Americans as well they, they lap it up I think so <laughs> why not yeah it's very true man so <laughs> so what's the plan for you what's the uh I've been trying to keep a little bit of an eye, just one eye on what's going on with Tokyo at the moment. And is it still, it's a little bit of a balancing act as to if it's going to go ahead at the time they think it's going to go ahead. Or uh, so, so obviously the main goal at the moment is just to make sure you're in fine form for that. But have you got any plans to, to get over to Europe? Are there any international meets taking place that you're going to, uh, you're going to be able to set foot in? Yeah. So um, yeah, just with like Tokyo, like you said, it's, it's, it's just so, so hard at the moment. It's just all stop. I don't know. Obviously they're, trying so hard to make it happen and i guess as athletes you just got to train and prepare like it is which um you know we're all pretty confident i guess it's going to happen but you sort of got to be in a way um it's funny i actually posted on instagram the other day and, and sort of said that you know i, I felt like i didn't want to be too arrogant about it but i felt like I, ha- I had to make a post so i did that and um when after i posted it i thought you know gee i hope i don't sort of not eating my words and it gets cancelled or something like that and that'd be awkward but um yeah it's you know you just got to do what you can and i guess the thing is everyone's in the same boat so um you've got to you've just got to get as ready as possible and what makes it so hard is because you got obviously got a quarantine coming back to australia you've obviously got to get over to europe and if you're going to head over you have to stay there i guess um for the for the duration and until the game so um we're sort of currently figuring all that out for me um i've heard that i've got accepted into a couple of diamond leagues um early on oh, sweet which is man how awesome. crazy is it a, is it a crazy headspace because yeah. uh it's weird man like that's yeah. something as a junior i dreamt about and oh, yeah. uh i, I can't yeah. imagine what the headspace would be just transitioning from like an aspiring junior to to just getting the tick of and a well-deserved tick next to your name to line up on a diamond league but yeah what's the is that just a buzz man oh an absolute buzz i've like I've, I'm a huge fan of the sport in general and I've watched the Diamond Leagues every year. I watch every one. Um, if I'm not up at stupid o'clock watching it, I t- <laughs> take them all. So, um, yeah, me and my old man love them. And, yeah, it's just like we've just watched them for so long and then to think that, you know, I could potentially be, you know, competing at one, it's, yeah, it's nuts. I really can't believe it. So, um, hopefully it all goes to plan. It's 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 hard to know, but like, it's hard to set it up perfectly because I want to race these good races, but I also want to, look further towards you know late july early august when when the games are and you want to try and peak there as much as possible um but yeah i think just just for me it'll be so good experience wise like it's my first time i guess kind of on that world stage and um running against so many guys that i've just i've just watched for so long and um you know you you just you, you watch them i guess almost week in week out on the diamond leagues um, running so well, but to be a part of it, it's just going to be going to be nuts. Um, but yeah, our, our plan is to. I'm going to hope to go to Europe. Um, probably depends if I do race these couple of diamond leagues. I think I will at the end of May, um, if all goes to plan. And then we're thinking about basing ourselves in Europe, possibly getting a bit of altitude in, like Font Romeo or something. Um, not 100 percent sure on all that yet, but. There's not a hell of a lot of races in June, um, at least Diamond League-wise anyway. So we're hoping to, you know, get some good training in between and then maybe a couple of races sort of early July and then probably straight over to Japan. But, yeah, there's still a lot to figure out. There's a lot up in the air and, you know, it's always worrying too because um, I know Nipper was telling me the other day if you get COVID 14 days prior to flying into the games, you get, you know, thrown out of the team. So... 
um, you got to be so careful and you really don't want to get stuck in a country either. So it's, yeah, it's just a logistical nightmare, really. Like, I feel like the last 12 months, it's been such a an interesting part of the conversation because I feel like from an mm. athlete's point of view, it's a, especially a professional athlete's point of view, it plays such... Uh, you know a big impact on your uh um you know your planning your training your headspace and just knowing uh just trying to train for a race that you're not sure is going to happen is a is interesting but i feel like you've got a little bit of a, a stewy vibe from the 50 minutes that we've spoken where you you seemed like a, a fairly relaxed customer and i feel like it's the fairly relaxed customers that are that seem to handle these situations really well but do you know which uh which diamond leagues you're, you're going to be running at this stage yeah so i um apparently i've been uh invited to both Doha and Gateshead, which are the oh. first two. I think Gateshead is a new one. Um, and I've also been told that I'm a possibility of getting into the Dream Mile at Oslo. Oh, um, Of course. Mate, that's that is awesome. Term, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty unreal. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to, hard to fathom really. But it, it is, like you say, I think about being a relaxed customer. Like for me, you know, it's, it's all it's just been very lucky like for it all to fall into place. Like a, a lot has aligned, you know, COVID for me as bad as it is and you know, as terrible, terrible as the whole pandemic's been for, for everyone. Like for me, athletics wise, it's been a bit of a blessing. I just, Olympics wasn't even in the picture 12 months ago. And um, yeah, for, for the extra year to happen and even the end of last year, like it was, it was kind of there, but it was so far in the distance that, you know, I didn't even really think about it. So um it's just all falling into place so well and um for it all to be i guess just to happen so quickly within two or three months it's it's hard to wrap my head around and so many people keep asking me questions about tokyo i'm just like i have no idea like, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't even thought about it so it's only been the last week or so it's kind of become become real so um yeah mind-blowing really yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Um, dude, outside of... Uh, actually, no, before we move on, I was going to ask you, how are you lining up the races in um, in Europe? Because I know a lot of Bedo's athletes, Bedo's sort of doubles as a coach and, and agent. Have you got an agent that's looking after you? Or, or just because you've won the national title, you've hit some form, a uh, race organiser sort of just on the scout for top athletes from different nations? Yeah, well, we're kind of in the middle of working all that out, actually. Like, again, like because it's just all happened so quickly, it's just there's all this new information getting thrown and um, I haven't fully locked in an agent just yet, but you know, we're looking at, at a couple and um, you know, I, I got to go off Dick's opinion and, and what Dick thinks. Um, you know, we've had, had talks with a couple of people and we're just trying to work all that, that out now. So um, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough decision of course. And you just sort of want what's best for you and, and you know, uh, races and, and contracts and all that. You just want to do, do, do and go with the best person that you can so um yeah soon in the middle of working all that out and hopefully i can soon and just sort of you know focus on on the running part and that part can sort of sort itself out with um you know with dick and his his um important opinion yeah awesome man outside of running man like what are you what are you doing i i, I watched uh <laughs> one of Morgan McDonald's YouTube videos a couple of weeks ago because he's, I don't know if you've seen his channel, but I'm just a yeah. fan of the bloke. I like the guy. He's been on the podcast. And since then, I don't know what, I just got a soft spot for him. He just gives me really good vibes. And uh, yeah, I watched his first guy. YouTube yeah. video and he was yeah. talking about how, he goes, yeah, I love being a professional athlete. It's awesome. But yeah. he goes, sometimes it's boring. He's like, I don't really know what to do. So yeah. that's why I'm starting this channel. But mate, what are you up to when you're, when you're not out on the track and you know for the couple of hours of training that you're doing a day? Are you, are you studying or what are you doing with your downtime? Yeah, so um, 
I obviously moved to, to Canberra at the start of 2017 to train with Dick, and that's when I started my sports science degree here at um, University of Canberra. So I've obviously, with training, I've just done that a bit slower, and I'm actually, um, like, at the start, like, doing my last subject now um, before I finish. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'll do anything further, but that's what's sort of taken up a lot of my time the last few years. So... I'll be happy to get that done. That's just a Bachelor of Sport and Exercise Science. Um, so that should be completed by the end of this semester, which is only a few weeks away. And then, um, yeah, also just I've just worked casually. Just had a job at Kmart for a while. I haven't worked there in six months, to be honest, which has sort of been good because I've actually been able to train like a bit of an elite athlete, really, like just focus on the training and, um, and you know, and, and the study and all that. But, this year particularly, we've done a fair bit of traveling and, and whatnot, you know, three trips to Perisher, um, Melbourne, and it uh, looks like I'm going to be going up to Perisher again, so it seemed to work well. So, yeah, it's, it's um, other than that, just, just keeping busy, I guess, with different things. Like, I hang out with the guys here a lot, just go and, you know, get coffee and, and talk rubbish and, and do all that, which is pretty standard. But, um, yeah, I, I might need some sort of hobby. Like, I've always kind of wanted something and i don't think i'll be a, a youtube channel creator but <laughs> i mean i don't know if i've got the personality for it but i do love watching stuff like that especially morgan he's a bit of a character so he's a, he's a character man it's so yeah. funny because he seems shy like he seems yeah. shy and then you start talking to him you're like oh i've been sucker punched i don't think you're shy at all he's <laughs> yeah. like he's quiet and i feel like you can easily mislead him for being shy and yeah, then when he speaks, he's got so much confidence. I was like, bro, you've just surprised me in the mo- in the best way. I uh, I remember yeah. I did a podcast with him. It was probably like six or seven months ago now. And uh, I got to the end of it. I didn't want to hang up. I was like, mate, I just want to be your mate. Let's keep talking. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh. tell him that. I just hung up before I uh, started getting too fangirly. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's a really good bloke, man. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. And um, now I haven't talked to Morgan Hayes, but just like you just you just know just how he is, you know, pretty pretty down to earth. Such a, such a good runner. And he has been for so many years, like just – I just used to watch him dominate juniors every year and um, it's not often that they actually carry it on and, and, and keep going into the senior ranks and yeah, being a professional athlete now is, is awesome and um, I love what he's doing. Yeah, he's one of those guys, isn't he? Just every time he st- uh, steps foot on a track, you know it's going to be a solid race. Like there's a yeah. there's a few people like that. Like I'd put Stewie in that category, um, mate. As of the start of this season, you're in that category. Um, yeah, uh, McDonald's. Yeah, it's. It's a unique thing. Like I, I feel like the ultimate example of it up until sort of uh, 2016 was Matt Centrowitz. Like I don't yeah. know if you followed him much, but mate, at Nick Willis, every time these boys toe the line, there's you just know there's like it's going to be probably it doesn't necessarily need to be fast, but if it is, they're okay. If it's slow, they're okay. They just never seem to get themselves too flustered. Um, uh, Jacob Ingebrigtsen is another one. Just uh, mm. the last. 12 months just he runs with so much confidence and and as you would like you start to develop the you know the what do you say the playbook of times that he's run now and it'd be hard not to line up and be confident but <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty cool talent to have so that's one thing that that i really admire about a bloke like him as well but um i didn't realize he was such a gun as a junior you said he mm, was i, I thought yeah. it was just more of a senior he'd, he'd burst into the the ranks but what yeah. under 18s he was flying as well was he yeah yeah back in the the um, younger days, he was he was flying like I, I went to a few national cross countries and just national you know, national championships and stuff like that. And yeah, he used to just absolutely dominate everyone. Like I remember well, I was at um, Launceston for cross country back in 2013, I think it was, and I think I ran about 
18th, which I was pretty stoked with at the time. Um, and he just absolutely blew away the field. Like, I think I think they had 6K, or it was two laps anyway. I just remember the first lap, he was just like 100 metres in front and just, yeah, just blew him out of the water. So, but in saying that, he still kicked on really well and, and um, on the edge of making another, another team. So, I really hope he, he gets to qualify, which I saw he had a race a couple of days ago and... Um, blew it out of the water, like I think closed in fifty five. Oh, what, what was what was that man? What did he run? Yeah, um, thirteen twenty one, I think it was. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, flying. Like I'm pretty sure it was a fifty five last lap. I just saw it real briefly, um, but yeah, like just as strong as ever. Like you said, he's always out there, just just working hard, making sure it's it's honest. So um, he's he's a star, that guy. Yeah, man. Have you got many plans to to step up the distance as well in the future? Are you pretty happy with the? Uh... <laughs> with the 15 at the moment like what are your times around the 1500 i don't know do you run many eights have you run many threes or yeah so it's funny like it's, it's pretty funny because i've been so injured the last couple of years i've just had i've had limited races um it's mainly been 15s and you know a couple of miles um i've never run a 5k on the track i'm pretty sure my fastest 5k i did a threshold around stromo about 1440 something that was the quickest i've ever done um never raced it so uh, that I want to do definitely. I, I don't think I'd go, you know, super well. I think I'm slightly more speed based than, than strength, mm-hmm. like like your Stewies and, and all that. Um, but yeah, I would like to do one just out of interest. I ran a 3k in November last year um, at the New South Wales 3k champs. I think I ran 7:56, which was oh, it was a good PB, pretty pretty good. Um, I feel like you know now there's there's definitely more there, but. Obviously, it's always hard because they're at that sort of time of year when you're not in, I guess, peak shape. Um, and my 800, uh, well, honestly, it's probably unofficially what I went through in um, last Sunday because <laughs> it's it's officially 152.5, and I think we read through it about that the other day. So but that's from 2015. So that, that needs an update as well, and I really want to get into an 8 and try and uh, – patch that up a bit I man it's funny you say that because uh, if you look at i don't know if this is still true but when it was iaaf that you looked at i would look at stewie's personal best history and yeah. uh like so it'd say so 1304 or 1305 and then it was 330 and then for 800 meters it's 201 yeah. which, <laughs> which is from about six years yeah. ago up here uh, six years ago sorry probably about 10 years ago up yeah. in ballarat at the uh, at the local track there so i always found that really funny to know that he was going through sort of 10 seconds faster yeah. through 15 than what his official pb's recognized as yeah yeah i'd love to see what you would do too like i i know he's like so strength based but he has got a bit of toe and i'd be very interested to see what he could do over what would you pick him at I, I could imagine him busting it i would not surprise me if he came out and ran like a 146 high or a 47 oh. or something it really wouldn't like for a guy who goes through in 150 you know two odd like it's yeah, he'd have to run comfortably under 150, like 147 at least. But it, it's hard to say. I'd be very interested to see it. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a guy right, who, right. you know, it wouldn't surprise you if he just put something crazy out there. Do you have much to do with him? I'd love you to whisper in his ear. I'll have to send him a little Instagram message to go, Stewie, look, you've come up in the podcast today. We need you to do an 800 time trial just uh, next weekend or whenever you can. Yeah, just to set the record straight. Um, nah, I don't, unfortunately. Like, I only just met him. That's the first time I ever raced him on the weekend. What a shocking way to introduce yourself to someone. Yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. I, like, I, yeah, he just got so much respect for the guy. So to to, to race him was um, incredible. He's just such a good guy, too. Like, you know, just just said it was so well-deserved and, and all that. And I um, had a bit of a chat to him and, and Gregson and all that. They've They've been... They were unreal after the race, like just just so sort of supportive and, and all that. So, 
it's really good to have, you know, such quality um, guys in the middle distance running scene, but also, you know, just so down to earth as well. Like, it's it's just great for great for the sport and, and great for us as fifteen hundred meter runners. Awesome, man. And dude, are you doing much work in the gym? What does your strength and conditioning program look like? Yeah, so weirdly enough, I haven't done anything for like a month, but obviously that sort of happens throughout racing, I guess. Um, just being a bit slack on that. But yeah, I generally you know, train in the gym at least twice a week. Um, I used to be pretty big on it when I was younger, but I think I was, I was a bit too over the top with that. So I just try to do general strength stuff at least twice a week, you know, just your general um, runners type stuff, you know, your glutes, your hemis, your quads. Particularly for me, I like to do a lot of lower leg and calf stuff, um, you know, your hips. I don't do – when I was younger, I used to do, like, upper body work. I don't even know why, but I just did it because I, I like to. But now, you know – Still feels good to have a good set of pecs, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah, <laughs> for some reason. I, I remember I used to want to run – well, I was like 12, I wanted to run quick, but I wanted to have big arms too. So um, I got no idea why, but um, yeah, like obviously all that sort of standard stuff, your core, but I try to get at least twice a week um, if I can, if not three times, get a few plyometrics done here and there. Um, and, you know, easy days, and a few strides as well, just just that, which is pretty general, I think, for distance runners. But um, yeah, I, I do think the strength training is quite important, particularly for me who... I've had a lot of issues over the years and um, I like it just for injury prevention more than anything. So, um, yeah, I'll put a lot of emphasis on that and um, I find that pretty pretty vital for, for training. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, dude, hey, we've gone for an hour or two. I told you about an hour, so I might oh, wrap things up, let you enjoy your afternoon. But, boy. mate, it's good to officially meet you. I, uh, I'm so glad you, you met. I think <laughs> I messaged you on Instagram about four minutes after your race finished. And uh, I thought, mate, he's going to be far too cool for school now. I'm not getting a response to this, but I was stoked to, to, uh, that you lined it up. Thanks oh, for figuring no out Skype as well for me, man. It uh, yeah. saved me having to figure out how to send you a Zoom link. Zoom, yeah. Yeah, honestly, like I barely use any of this stuff. Like even Zoom, so I was like, you know, easy done. We're pretty quick to set up. But nah, thanks Ace for inviting us on. Like it's you know an absolute pleasure. I, I love talking to the guys and guys like you who you know get the sport out there. And um, I got nothing but respect and, and and time for anyone who tries to get you know bring light to the sport. Which with this sport you don't get much of it. So um, any sort of exposure is is great for us and. Um, it's an actually absolute pleasure to do it. Mm-hmm.